This episode is presented by Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, an advocacy and action nonprofit created by and for restaurant workers. Learn more at restaurantworkerscf.org. This week on a special bonus episode of Meet and 3, we find out how Brexit could be changing the way that Brits eat. If you're not getting your food from the European Union, where Britain gets 30% directly, well, where are you going to get it from? As I put very succinctly, bye-bye fresh peaches from Italy, hello tinned peaches from Florida. Bye-bye fresh oranges, hello tinned oranges. Bye-bye free-range beef, hello hormone-injected beef. Tune in to hear about the UK's struggle to stabilize its food system on Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Why Food, a podcast about entrepreneurs, innovators, and career changers. I'm trying to up the energy a little bit today, I love you know? it. I love it. I'm your co-host, Ethan Frisch. And I'm Valerie Lomas. All right. Uh, and we have an awesome guest who we're going to introduce you to in a moment. But um, I don't know, Valerie, anything to catch up on? Any uh, any big updates? How's uh, Do you want to talk about the cookbook? You don't uh, want to no. talk about the cookbook. No, let's talk about... Um Let's talk about the fact that New Hampshire <laughs> voted oh my this God. week. We've got more election results. And we actually, I mean, we, so got, we got results this week. Uh, a good food writer friend of mine refers to him as Mayo Pete, which I think I is love that. so good. It's so accurate. So good. Oh, my gosh. We oh, might Mayo have a Mayo Pete, Pete as our nominee. Uh, speaking of condiments... <laughs> Uh, we have an awesome guest to introduce you to this week. <laughs> Sophia Hussein is uh, a friend of mine, and we've had sort of parallel paths through food entrepreneurship. We, we sort of launched publicly at the same event three years ago. Um, she is the founder and CEO of an amazing hot sauce company called Silly Chili Hot Sauce. Sophia, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I don't know why it took me so long to get you on the show, <laughs> but, but three years later, here you are. Here I am. Um, so tell us, what is Silly Chili Hot Sauce and uh, how did you wind up starting it? Yeah, um, so it started three years ago, um, basically in my kitchen. I used to live in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and back then I was working in the fashion industry. My whole entire career is in fashion. Like if you look at my resume, Graduated from FIT, all fashion companies worked at all fashion companies, and I was just making hot sauce uh, because um, when I used to go to the farmer's market, the peppers used to talk to me, like, oh, pick me, so cute, so <laughs> colorful, pick me up. And then I would just buy them, and then when I got home, like, Okay, what do I do with so all this? You started buying peppers, peppers just because you like the way they look. Yeah, I mean, if a so pepper cute. talks to you, you better listen. That's huh? true. Yeah, it's just so cute. Like uh, even were, this day. Yeah. Were they silly? <laughs> is that is that where the name came from? <laughs> well, silly is like my stage name. I'm just kidding. No, um, I have few friends. They call me silly because I'm just that kind of person. I'll be dying, but I'm still gonna make jokes on the side and be like, uh, anyway. Just like my personality. Right? So tell us about the, the, the moment when you realized you had worked in fashion for a long mm -hmm. time. You had a, a fairly high, high mm -hmm. role, high, high level position. Um, what was the moment where you decided to throw it all out the window and, and start making hot sauce? Um, 
the first moment I questioned what I was doing, it was when I was in China. I came across this village. The the whole entire village is affected by cancer. Uh, the whole population because. And that village, they were producing a lot of textiles, and like they had textile industries, and they used to throw the water or the and the chemicals um, in the lake, right? And the, the all the villagers they used to use those water to, you know, uh, cook, to uh, water their plants, every everything, and the entire village was affected by cancer because of the textile the chemicals from the textile industry so it was that moment i kind of questioned myself and it's like whoa what am i doing am i like participating in this i mean even at that time like i didn't know i'm going to become an entrepreneur like i didn't know what entrepreneurship was even like very recently like you know you know what i mean like but it was then i was kind of questioned uh, I kind of felt my unhappiness there. Like it was like, oh my god, am, am I like part of this? It was a wake up call. Yeah, it was like I, yeah. part of this, but I didn't. But you know, silly hot sauce happened very organically. Right. So you had these these chilies that were telling you, pick me up. <laughs> you picked them up. You brought them home, and you were like, well, I'm obviously gonna make hot sauce. But I mean, to a lot of us, it's not so obvious to make hot sauce. So I mean, where did you get this recipe from? And um, I was horrible when I, because I was uh, <laughs> YouTubing, googling, what to do with the red peppers. So, and at first, first three months, I was just horrible at it. Like I used to make it and then pour it down the, like, flush it. It was so horrible. Like, you would make hot sauce and throw it away? Throw it, literally throw it away. What was wrong away. with it? It just looked bad. It, it couldn't taste it because it was so spicy. And it was just bad. Um, it was just bad. So how did, you, how did you get it right? What was the first... Tell us about the first time that yeah, you, that you but, made your, your hot sauce up, to, a, up yeah, to your standards. Yeah, I noticed something about myself. I have a little bit psychotic behavior. It's like... If I want to do something, I want to learn something, I will do it over and over and over and over and over okay. till I get it right. I think that's obsessive. Yes. Maybe not psychotic, but obsessive. Okay. Whatever yeah. you call it. But and yeah. I think that's exactly what you need if you want to like perfect a recipe, like that exact behavior that, you know... <laughs> And and that's like I guess like the beauty of like what it is that you're doing. Like you took something and you like obsessively made it a winning recipe mm-hmm. because your hot sauces, which we are gonna taste on air, like momentarily. Momentarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are selling like 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 hot sauce. Like hot. <laughs> hot <laughs> yes. So let's let's taste. Should we do some. a tasting? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh so why don't you tell us about uh the flavors? Sure. Uh when I first started I had uh nine flavors, then I cut it down to seven, then five. Now I have three. I'm rolling with three right now in production. So the first flavor, my best seller is habanero. Should we start with the because you have three kind of increasing levels of spiciness, right? Yeah. So if we're gonna taste them, should we start where should we start? I will say the fresh mango and sweet pepper. Okay. It's not spicy at all. Um, all right. Let's so tell us about the fresh mango and yeah, sweet how do you, pepper, how do you make the this? yellow color. Um, so the mango comes from California, 
because uh, you know in New York, New Jersey, mm. we don't That's grow delicious. mangoes, and the sweet pepper gets grown in Rutgers University Agriculture Farm. Um, by the way, it's like vegan. I don't know your diet is, but it's vegan. Has no added sugar, no preservative, no chemicals. It's, it yeah. has a like a very beautifully savory flavor. It almost tastes like there's cumin or something in it, but there isn't. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna uh, comment. It's not sweet, which I like. Yeah. Like you hear mango and mm-hmm. sweet peppers, and I was expecting something a little more like I guess mango salsa. Yeah. Whereas this is, is the vinegar, uh, organic apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. I think makes and it taste like a little bit savory. And and yeah. the onions and garlic maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's delicious. I use fresh onions and garlics. Yeah. All right, I skipped ahead to the next one, though. The the the, the uh, serrano and chipotle. So this is the this is your medium sort well, of flavor. Well, what I'm noticing, it's supposed to be medium, but what I'm noticing, the more time serrano and chipotle pepper sits in, it gets hotter. So it actually gets hotter in the yeah, bottle. Yeah, in the bottle, wow. and it gets browner. Okay, so tell us, um, <laughs> once you bottle it, how long is it before it's on shelves, and mm-hmm. then? If I have it in my cabinet, mm-hmm. like at what point is it going to go from like medium to medium hot? Ooh, mm. I'm I just would curious. say yeah, um, a year. Okay. I have, I have, yeah, a year. That's, that's really good. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it, there's definitely some heat, but it's not, it's not overpowering. Right, and you guys have to remember, Ethan and I are literally sitting here pouring hot sauce into our mouth, <laughs> um, like licking hot sauce. Yeah, off my you fingers. could like this is like I think medium is like is definitely mm-hmm. like yeah. the right, um, the right thing to call that but it has i just love that smoky flavor it's thank you it's also supposed to be cooking sauce so when i was developing my recipe um i had something in my head is like i want also i just didn't want to make just a spicy sauce i wanted to make a marinating cooking sauce because um, I like to cook, but a lot of the times I'm like running around, but I, I like to say, oh, I made, I cooked and I am saving money. So it's like, <laughs> I use these sauce as a uh, marinating sauce. I saute veggies, meat, um, everything. I love that. I'm going to yeah. like put, I'm going to put that. I have a pot of lentils. Yes. That it's taking me like a day to make. Cause I can't sit at home long, like for 25 minutes while they cook. But I'm going to go put that in my lentils. Yeah. Because yeah. the smoky, it's given me that like yeah. umami, like mm. it's not meat, but it tastes a little meaty flavor. I love it. Yeah, it's great. All right. Uh, should we try the like super the hot duper one? hot one? Is, the is habanero. Tell us, tell us about the gonna... habanero. Um, Habanero is quite spicy. It's hot. But, you know, all this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I, a, it's I, a hot sauce. So. Yeah. But what else are we going to get from yeah. it? Um, You're going to take like the onion, the garlic, fresh garlic. Um, oh my God, look at Ethan. Is that too much? Ethan, you're crazy. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get onion, we're going to get garlic, and this is your Organic apple cider vinegar. Yeah, home, right? that's like, mm, yeah. That's hot. Yeah. Because um, in, in <clears throat> USA, people are, they love habanero pepper for some reason. Yeah, I mean that, that the fruitiness, the acidity of yeah. it is so beautiful. And it's like my favorite pepper. And actually. your sauce, I mean, really, it, it carries through that. It's that, fresh uh, pepper. I don't use anything frozen. So. So well, so tell us about the process of making the hot sauce because you started in your in your kitchen and you're, yeah. you're not making it in your kitchen no, anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> so how is it? How how do you produce it now? Um. So. 
you know, backtrack. Then, you know, while I was getting those peppers Valerie's from the... Valerie's doing a little spicy dance. <laughs> ooh, that habanero is... Ooh, it is spicy, but it's... Yeah, it's like, pick ooh, me out. It's good. It's I feel I feel awake. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I used to buy those peppers from the farmer's market, like Union Square Farmer's Market, Hoboken Farmer's Market. And then... At that time, of course, I didn't know I'm gonna. I was gonna launch a business. It was just like whatever, like a side thing I was obsessed with. But when I decided, but it made me feel good. So the whole my whole business thing, it was all for my internal happiness. I'll just say this: I didn't look at mark. I didn't do market research. I didn't look at how much money I was gonna make. I didn't look at nothing. I just was just looking for my internal peace it was like a passion project that it also started peace. as a passion project okay yeah I it's like it, peaceful like you know like i was like soul searching right and then standing crying over a pot <laughs> of super spicy are, chili there, peppers. are there tears and lots in the hot of tears well tears. not inside but yeah <laughs> not anymore the earlier the batches fume, maybe. like you know making it's a too much it's overwhelming smell um Anyway, so now, then when I was doing that, I was like, okay, if I scale it up, if I want to sell it, how can I, uh, what can I do to make an impact, right? Like, uh, so that's how it kind of started. Okay, I, would, I only want to work directly with the farmers, visit them, see how they grow the peppers, their practices growing uh if they're using any chemicals then i don't want to buy it like i want to build a relationship with them i want to know what am i cooking and what am i selling because i felt that even still like today like if i'm selling something or if someone is selling something to me and i'm putting it in my body they are responsible for my health so vice versa i am responsible for this for, for the people who are buying it, you know, like I'm, I don't want to sell something that's going to be harmful to you or anyway. And with, I mean, with hot sauce, I imagine you really have to like pay attention to like, um, the acidity levels and all yes. of that kind of stuff a little more than you might do with some other food. Product. Yeah. Uh, it has a whole process. Uh, you know, I had to go through Cornell lab to get it tested. It failed a couple of times because of, the pH level. This is these are tests around shelf stability, right? To make sure that it won't go bad sitting out. Uh, not of only a that, that's like another test. Okay. But in terms of like getting it approved, it's like the pH level needs to be a certain number, um, like a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So these have all, they've all now been triple tested and they're all mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> these three are good. Yeah. Uh, ready for grocery? <laughs> like obviously they're because they're at what what one hundred twenty stores around the city alone. Um. Right now, two twenty. Two hundred twenty. Amazing. And, and you are the only employee of your company right? <laughs> yeah sometimes i <laughs> make my seven-year-old nephew help me but he makes a mess <laughs> so how do you how do you do that yeah who's actually a, making the yeah. who's actually producing all of these bottles so um the first year it was you know me in the kitchen now i'm on all i was doing everything on my own um everything by hand and then you know as we are growing it's like if I'm in the kitchen all the time or running around between farmers doing all these things I can I'm not uh, able to go out there and sell it so I moved to kind of like a semi co-packer and I'm 
they follow my recipe they bottle it and uh, put the label but I'm 100% responsible for getting all the ingredients directly from my suppliers and the bottle, everything yeah. to them. And that's a pretty standard path for a lot of, especially early stage or small small food companies where when you outgrow the point where you can make everything yourself, you move mm-hmm. to a, a co-pack or a contract yeah. pack or a contract manufacturer yeah. who follows mm-hmm. your recipe and makes yeah. the product. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we are going to come back and hear more um, from Sophia. And I hope that we can maybe talk a little bit about the logistical sides with starting a food business. Sure. This episode is presented by Restaurant Workers Community Foundation an advocacy and action nonprofit created by and for restaurant workers. RWCF addresses quality of life issues that disproportionately affect restaurant workers, such as wage fairness, gender equity, racial justice, immigrant rights, mental health, and substance abuse. Learn more about advocacy, grant making, and impact investing by RWCF at restaurantworkerscf.org. And we're back. We're talking this week with Sophia Hossein, who is... It's Sophia. Sophia. It means I'm mixing, wisdom. I'm mixing up the vowels. So, Sophia Hossein. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, the, the wise, our wise guest this week, who uh, is the founder and CEO of Silly Chili Hot Sauce. Um, we, I'd, I'd really like to hear a little bit about the progression of what you've built from, from the early days cooking everything yourself mm-hmm. to, to raising money, to expanding, to... Uh, acquiring customers mm-hmm. um what what's been easy and what's been hard what have been the the challenges and what have been the 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 wins mm-hmm. um i'll nothing was easy i just yeah i cannot think about anything that was easy like <laughs> and, and therein lies starting a food business nothing is easy it will not be easy but is it, it will be worth it yes if you make yeah it to, hopefully to the promised land of many a grocery store shelves yeah, well, um, there are challenges every single day, like co-packer putting wrong expiration date in thousands of bottles, uh, putting the wrong label, um, um, you know, so many challenges. Way to, way to call out the co-packer. <laughs> <laughs> and now I love them. But um, so many, so many challenges. But the easy part is, still is, is like whoever tasted literally hot sauce they get hooked like they know right away the bad hot sauce you know the big companies out there on the shelf you know selling shitty stuff and you know chemicals like it's like watery sauce i'm like that's not even sauce bro that's like white vinegar you know mixing peppers there are are so many hot sauces on the market i mean so much so that there is actually a a store that only sells yeah a a million different types of hot Mm -hmm. sauce has that made it easier do you think because there already is such an established market there's so much demand for hot sauce has that made it harder because there's so much competition um yes and no i i feel like um like everyone knows what hot sauce is so it's pretty good uh but getting into the shelf it's, it's kind of tough because the distribution, right? Like 
finding the proper distributor who won't uh, get you out of business because uh, all the fees, fines, you know, the all these things. So it's like making learning and making smarter decision um, and also burning money in the in the middle. So how, how do you see your hot sauces positioned against all the other hot sauces on the market? How do you if somebody who doesn't know your brand, how would mm-hmm. they how would they choose yours over anything else? Um, um, yeah, it's a great question. I'm still like working on, you know, every single day, like learning. Um, so a lot of demos, it helps in the supermarket, like having, uh, people actually taste. having people taste it. And, um, usually whenever we do demos, seven out of 10 customers, they buy. So, but then again, the demos could be costly because we cannot possibly, be demoing every single store all the time it costs money uh so for small businesses it it's kind of tricky and tough like i'm still looking for that answer like how to be in business make profit and and not blow money out all the time but yeah labels matters uh your you know any type of um Publicity, publication, they, they help. When you've had some, sure. some really incredible uh, publicity opportunities <laughs> between Mindy Kaling doing yeah. a viral video where she tasted your hot sauce to uh, being featured in a, a commercial for yeah. Manhattan Mini Storage. Yeah. Um, to, uh, didn't you ring the bell on the stock yeah. exchange? Yeah. So ha- tell us about some of those experiences, how you sure. how you made those happen. Yeah, so I don't have any money to for marketing, <laughs> like, you know, but somehow, because um, I kind of in my head, how can I get publication and get my brand out there without spending anything? So I kind of find a way to collab with other businesses. And, you know, it's the power of saying yes. You know, like it's like unknown. You don't know. Like I'm not making money right away to be somewhere or uh, participate in this thing. But there, you know, get your brand out there. So that's what I've been doing. Um, The commercial, it was like more than what I thought it could be. You know, they I didn't spend anything, but it was aired on TV. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people saw my brand. So it was cool. And have you seen results from that? Have you seen orders? Yeah, sure. Uh, it helped, definitely helped with my wholesale because um, especially in Manhattan, like a lot of people are buying because they're like, uh, oh, yeah, I know. I like, you know, if, when they go to the store, it's like, yeah, that that logo looks familiar. But I think it's never like an overnight result. It's kind of like, oh, I see it. Now I'm familiar. Then if I see it next time... Uh, then they're like, oh, yeah, it looks familiar. Then third time, okay, yeah. So it's a slower burn, but that brand recognition is yes. building. And- yes, And the commercial is pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, if, if anybody hasn't seen it, Sophie, Sophia is sitting in a th- on, on a throne <laughs> surrounded by a, a gospel choir in full getup. Uh, it's, it's pretty epic. <laughs> awesome. So, um... I mean, I would maybe like to let's pivot a little and talk about like the challenges of growing a business, mm-hmm. right? So you've got the business started, you're on lots of grocery store shelves, mm-hmm. you're building in your brand recognition, and you've got some celebrity shout outs and commercials. Um, like at from this point now, like where do you see the business going in the future? And like what have been some challenges to kind of 
get to those places that you see it going in the future? Sure. Um, like any other business, uh, growth, ex any type of growth expansion needs capital, right? Um, and the, so the, that's where I kind of constantly get stuck a little bit because, again, like when I first started Silicon Hot Sauce, I literally started with no savings because I launched another startup, another company, and I spent all my money, but I didn't pursue that because I didn't feel passion for it anymore. So it's been like very challenging. It's like take two steps and then take one step back you know, because of capital, because expansion, it requires capital. And since I'm not going towards VC route yet, because um, I, I, my gut feeling says like, I'm not ready yet to go. Then I'm like trying to get a small business loan right now, uh, which has been challenging as well from the bank. Why has that been challenging? Um, because of my student loan. Oh my God, I regret going to school now uh, <laughs> big time like big time so how has how have your student loans uh, what's the relationship between student loans and, and your current situation sure uh so when i first started i got be so since i was supporting financing the business all the expenses i got behind with my student loan and now it's like the bank looks at oh you have this loan and your credit score is this and it doesn't match with ours so it kind of you know, it's like backfiring right now. Yeah, that's like such an excellent point because, you know, a lot of people, when you start a business, you're bootstrapping and you're doing literally everything yourself and you're paying for everything out of your own money, like in your own pocket. And I mean, I think this doesn't get talked about enough, like the no, choices yeah. that people make and the sacrifices um, of, of trying to launch something and get it off the ground mm -hmm. while still like essentially like keeping a roof over your head and yeah. taking care of all of the other like bills, bills and commitments. Mm -hmm. And um, also your point about like, this was your second entrepreneurial endeavor idea. Right. I mean, like. I, I think about Ethan's story all the time. You know, he, uh -oh. he had an ice cream business and which was, you know, I'm sure you learned so much because now so you have much. the most shelf stable. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, learned, <laughs> I learned how how I didn't want to run a, a food business, which was a, a very labor intensive, very ingredient, very expensive ingredients, very short shelf life. Mm -hmm. We lost product because freezers broke. Mm -hmm. and, or it just it melted. You've been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You've been through a lot. But that's, <laughs> By the way, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Ethan. Okay. Uh, all right, we, let's we move all on. are. Move on. <laughs> Ethan is getting very uncomfortable. But um, no, the point, that, like, the point that you made is so important because, I mean, I wonder like what the stats are on entrepreneurs and like what what numbered business it was was the one that yeah. like took off and That's was successful great question based off of like everything mm -hmm. you learned before mm -hmm. but like you said like you're still in those early early businesses yeah. Yeah. pouring everything that you yeah. have into it mm -hmm. and i'm sure that the position that you're in is one that other entrepreneurs have found themselves in yeah i mean our our conversation last week with raheem jallo from Jinjin brothers we talked a little bit about some of the financial challenges around launching in grocery stores around raising money mm -hmm. and particularly for immigrant entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs of color um do you how do you feel like your identity has has played a, a role in building the business well i so first of all I'm, i was i was born in bangladesh and uh i grew up in queens 
and I, I just want to say like um, being here, if I wasn't here in America, I wouldn't be able to launch my business in Bangladesh without no capital. I just want to say because you need a lot of connections there. You need a lot of money to break into any type of industry uh, because I'm here. Uh, it, this land is giving me a lot of opportunities like start something on my own completely on my own like uh, unknown path like has no education no training no connection so I I think th that's a plus for me like I'm, I'm very grateful for being here being in the USA and like in New York and you know whatever struggle I'm going through that's 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 part of it, you know? Even if I had millions of dollars, I probably would have borrowed millions of dollars by now and struggle in other way. Y you know what I mean? So, yeah. An another thing that I found really interesting about your approach uh, has been some of the, the like the, the outside of the core marketing that you do, the, the your dumpling business that you had for a while, <laughs> yeah. where you, you use dumplings as a vehicle to serve and sell <laughs> hot sauce. Uh, you have a, a funny passion for eating insects. Yeah. So how do you, how have you pulled all of those um, different interests and experiences you've had together for the business? Sure. Um, so in 2018, I launched the sister brand called Silly Chili Dumplings, and I'm obsessed with dumplings. And I was like, okay, I want to create something that goes with my hot sauce, and that was dumplings. And um, so right now we're just doing like little markets, a um, little bit of catering, not so much because I need help to, because that's a lot of work, those I, things. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, I feel like, you know, it's like a cross promoting each other. And uh, through my dumpling business, my hot sauce was, uh, you know, was exposed to a lot of people because they have the people who bought dumplings they also tasted the hot sauce so did you make the dumplings taste boring bland on purpose so that the no the no no the, the dumplings really... is very then you I'm tasted kidding, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very yummy yeah um should we do some rapid fire let's do some rapid fire questions, questions? yes you ready yeah. I hope, I hope oh you're ready. Oh, my God. It's, it's time. You better be ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ethan, you're up first. Um, oh if you were a variety of chili pepper, mm -hmm. what variety of chili pepper would you be and why? Variety of Like a habanero, serrano, chipotle. Like, which? what kind of chili pepper would you be? I just have to pick one. I mean, you can pick more than one if you want. There are no rules. Which one is, like, your personality? Yeah. Well... See, like when I wake up in the morning, I'm more of like a habanero. That's why I meditate a lot because I have like way too much energy and then to calm down. And then in the middle, I'm like a sweet pepper because, you know, like I go calm down a little bit. Then in the evening, I'm like, oh, my God, what? Like, you know, I didn't do this. I have to do this. What's going to happen? Then, yeah, I go up and then down. Yeah, but I'm doing meditation two hours a day now to calm down. Wow. Two hours a day? Yeah. That's amazing. One hour in the morning. Because it's like mental health. Like last year, I went through a lot of mental, um, like, ups and downs because of business related and and I'm very over ambitious and I you know pressure myself and then I I tell myself I'm a horrible person if I'm not hitting certain number on certain you know 
yeah. So yeah, I'm working on that. Is, I'm is working rough, on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are all working on that, but you yeah. really are two hours a day. That is that yeah. is impressive. One uh, hour in the morning, <laughs> one hour at night. Wow. Um, what is your favorite springtime vegetable? Oh, my God. Because I feel like even though it's February and it's technically winter, I feel like spring is, like, approaching. It also hasn't been cold in, like, a month. It has yeah. been. Yeah. It That's almost like, feels like spring. I have on my spring jacket. <laughs> yeah. But I'm cold in it. But anyway, <laughs> favorite yeah. springtime vegetable. <laughs> hmm. So... I um I like to eat red cabbage. It's like a purple cabbage. It's cheaper and it's also healthy. Mm. Then carrots. It's cute. And then I eat potato a lot, but I look like a potato now, I think. But yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. That's and so eggplant, cute. Eggplant. Yeah, that's Aww. also cute. It's like purple. Like, I'm so attracted to colors. Like, whenever I eat and then whenever I buy stuff, they, like, talk to me all the time. Then I pick it up. Yeah. Favorite? I, I eat all the vegetables. And green beans. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, what is the spiciest thing you've ever eaten in your life? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. <sighs> Last year. And fancy food show. I think Ethan, both of us, we were there in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So and the fancy food show is the big expo for, for the packaged food industry. Yeah. And the, I, I, I was walking by this booth. They're another hot sauce company. And they made me taste this, like, the highest, like, the hottest thing. It's it's disgusting. I what What did it taste like? What did it feel like? Oh, my God. Oh, it was like I I saw butterflies. Then they gave me some milk to drink, and then then the other ice cream shop they gave me some ice cream to eat because I was like I have a video of that. I was like, yeah, I was I didn't look pretty. That it, time. Is that video on your social or? Yeah. Okay. So where can our listeners find you? Where can they find your hot sauces? Um, so, um, yeah, on salichilihotsauce.com, uh, you can go and locate where, if you put your zip code, you'll see where to f- locate in stores that we are on Amazon, um, you know, website. What's your, what's your website? Salichilihotsauce.com. Okay. And, and your social? And, um, do you mean social security? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, Instagram, Silly Chili Hot Sauce. Facebook, Silly Chili Hot Sauce. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, and Any final thoughts, Ethan? Um, I don't know. What's what's next for you? Are you launching another flavor? Are you What are you working yeah, on now? Yeah, I've been working on um, a flavor since last year uh, using one of my favorite chili pepper. <clears throat> it's green chili pepper. In, in Bengali, it's called Kachamorich. Um, Thailand, they call it Thai green chili. It's one of my, like, that's, I grew up with. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I'm working with the lab. So it's, you know, we cannot just launch hot sauce like that. So what's, what's the flavor profile going to be of the, of the hot sauce that you're making? Um, flavor profile. Is it going to be spicier than what you already have? Sweeter? What's the... What's it going to taste So like? I want to make something like everyday use. Because I feel like right now I have either not spicy, then I have 
really spicy but I want to have something like in the middle like everyday spicy but it's it's been hard for me to make because either I go this high or <laughs> yeah it's yeah uh, I'm like trying to make something in the middle uh, but that's the green chili pepper is like my next can I ask? Pepper. I have another another uh, chili pepper question yeah. that I just remembered. So chili peppers have seeds, obviously, and I've heard two uh, two schools of thought. Some people say that the seeds have capsaicin, that the seeds mm -hmm. are the spiciest part of the chili, yeah. and other people have told me that the seeds actually are not the spiciest part of the chili. That that they pick up some spiciness because they rub against the membrane inside the pepper. Oh my god! Uh, but that the seeds are actually just bitter and not spicy at all except for the fact that they've sort of been coated in the spiciness from the from the white membranes along the insides mm -hmm. of the pepper do you have an opinion about that i think the seeds are the seeds are, the, are are actually yeah, spicy yeah because i i keep the seeds in and i try to like eat the seeds yeah they're spicy <laughs> I don't know. Are you like zero waste or like you're, why are you eating these spicy seeds? I'm very concerned. Um, so uh, although I would like to be zero waste, but we are not zero waste because we are, we are not using the, um, what do you call it? The um, stem? The stems mm. yet. But I would like to eventually find a way, you know, work with a scientist and see like if we use the stems, will it go... Like, what will be like. So, we are not 100%. But you're thinking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, that's amazing. something, even with packaging, like, it's in my head, like, with capital, that's what I want to do uh, going forward. Like, how can we use, uh, even, like, the label, like, what's out there, you know what I mean? Like, that's in my head. Like, that's something I want to do, but it, it needs a lot of capital to pursue those things yeah. yeah right absolutely and before we wrap up any any pieces of advice any uh any things you recommend that that entrepreneurs do what what do you suggest um i suggest like um definitely have capital before <laughs> for a year uh or two before easier said than done sometimes before like launching something or quitting your job because i feel like I'm a huge high risk taker, but I also go through a lot, a lot of stress because of this behavior and, you know, it's not healthy all the time. But then again, I have, I feel like if I wasn't like that, I would never pursue what I'm doing right now. I think that's an excellent point. The whole, like, don't quit your day job just yet. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. The three of us sitting around the table, <laughs> all, all of us quit our day jobs. So, uh, our but, night job, our, our, our evening job. Yeah. But like no, have I, something. I, I feel like, though, if, if you are like giving counsel to people who are like interested, um, yeah, like maybe like think twice because <laughs> <laughs> until you get to a point, no, until you get to a point where you're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think you were saying. Then again, yeah. I think about. Well, the fire I had, like I didn't have plan B or C, right? I looked at my bills and then I pushed myself more to move further. Then again, I meet other companies. They go with guacin with so much capital and help. And then they burned so much on the way. And then, then you know, then what's the right answer for it? You, you get it? Like, yeah. yeah, it's hard. From what is it? From like necessity comes innovation. Yeah. I yeah. probably butchered that quote, but I think that's a little bit of like 
you might not have all the capital in the world, but you are going to do whatever it takes to like whatever it takes, make it whatever it takes. Yeah. And on that note, thanks for listening. Thanks to Jess Kranjich, our amazing sound engineer. Thanks to the Red Crickets for our theme song, which is Blind. Um, you can reach us at YFood at heritageradionetwork.org, at YFood Podcast on social media. You can reach me via my spice company, Burlap and Barrel, at Burlap and Barrel on Instagram. And you can reach me on social at Foodie in New York. Thanks, uh, Sufia, for joining us this <laughs> week. Thank you for having me. See you all next week. Why Food is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.